Hello, everybody. I'm sorry about my voice might sound a little weird. I'm a little bit under the weather, or actually, by default, I guess the weather is above me. Um, if I say things that don't make sense, it totally makes sense uh, because um, I'm probably thinking a little bit differently today. But it's nothing serious. I think I brought something from Mexico. Uh, I was there for a few days in Baja. If you haven't been to Baja, California, uh, it is by definition below California, uh, where I am here now. It's Alta California, above, and I was in Baja, California, below. And if you've never been there, and if you are in California, you definitely have to check out the Guadalupe Valley, or Valle de Guadalupe, because that's the wine country of Mexico. It was really beautiful. I mean, um, it was totally worth being under the weather, being um, in that place, because right now the blooming of the uh, puppies and the, I think in Hebrew we call them the mustard uh, flowers. I'm not sure if they're really mustard and if they're, uh, uh, no, they are a flower for sure. But anyway, it's really beautiful here uh, this period. I think the puppies are now in full bloom, uh, right for Easter. They resurrected out of the earth. I think that uh, we'll talk a little bit today about the story of Easter because I find it fascinating how we have our religion give us stories or mythologies, better still, to dress the skeleton, the astrological skeleton of the events that we're going through. So right now in the Northern Hemisphere, as you know, we are emerging out of the cave of winter when it's really cold. Think about one sign that represents caves for me definitely is Capricorn. And not necessarily that cave are something bad. Think about Capricorn as the opposite sign of Cancer. And uh, cancer is all about home and family, and we started our journey in home and families in caves. So that was our first home, in a sense. And caves, for example, the Crystal Cave of Merlin, the Rose Quartz Clay Cave of Chiron. It's always been associated with a place that you go inside in order to learn. So when you come out of the cave, you are a much better version of yourself. Hence the story of Christ. He was buried there as a person, as a human. And three days after, Sunday, this is Easter for us today. It's the holiest day in the um, Christian uh, calendar. He's emerging as a super being, the son of men, as the son of God, or as God, uh, basically in touch with his higher self. And the first person to identify him or to recognize his return, of course, was Maria Magdalena. And that is, again, a symbol that Jesus went into the cave, which represents the womb, again, to the mother and emerged out of that through a, an Easter. And the first person he meets is the first person we all meet. You, you all, we all think that we, uh, the first person we meet on this, on this lifetime is our mom. Well, yes, if she gave birth to you alone with nobody there, most likely the first person you met or who drew you out of, your, out of the womb, out of your cave, was probably the midwife or the doula later on replaced by doctors, you know, it's a little bit less um, uh, mythologically correct. But the idea is that the doula, the, the Maria Magdalena, is pulling you out of the womb, out of the cave, in order to give you another chance at another life. God knows what you've done in the other lifetime, who you've been in the other lifetime. But every time you're born, you have this same moment that you can actually become a god again, become or connect to your higher self. So that's really what uh, Easter tries to 
remind us of, the idea that we all can go back home in order to be born a better way. It's the same thing with computers that we have to download. After we download a program, we have to reboot it to pretend to die in order for it to um, assimilate inside of our computer, the new program, to, to have the upgrade, the update. The same thing is happening to us right now. Literally, we are being upgraded, updated uh, around Easter, around Aries, again in the Northern Hemisphere as the days become bigger and larger and more day, more time for light. So again, what's happening today, you're entering a symbolic cave in order to be born again. And the first person to greet you is your doula or your midwife who is uh, recognizing that you have returned, you know. And I also think that uh, if you think about it, the first uh, in a lot of the research that they've done about children and past lives between the ages of two to six is when we have the most amount of memories from past lifetimes downloaded to us. That's when we are very open to these things. That's why kids sometimes can say really strange things about their life, which we don't recognize is part of their past life. And that's why when you were a kid, you know, if you have a friend that you still are with, that you still really like, even though they're completely different than you, that you probably met between the ages of two to six, six, seven, maybe, uh, up until grade one, grade two, when formal education start formulating you and distancing you from your inner uh, information, your inner knowledge, your intuition, uh, that person that you might have met between the ages of two to six, seven, and you see it a lot with kids and their choice of friends, they're usually people they've known in past lifetimes. Because again, the distance for kids who are two to seven uh, from their past lives is very, very short, if you think about it. Uh, that's why I always tell people who are getting older, come on, don't be sad about getting older because you're actually way closer to being a child than the people who are kids that you are jealous at because they're young. If you think about reincarnation, so you're closer to dying, you know, it doesn't sound that good, but that means that you're going to be born as a baby again. So the older you are, the closer you are to youth, the younger you are, the further you are from youth. I think it's part of the um, beautiful paradoxical aspects of living as a human. So let's look, first of all, uh, before I um, am unable to speak too much, uh, what is happening this week? Uh, let's see. Yeah, the first important thing that uh, we have to be aware of is that we are entering, or let's say this, we're done with a period of the year, of 2023 at least, that we don't have any eclipses or any retrogrades. As you know, we've been already two days in the shadow of Mercury retrograde. It's a pre-shadow, a pre-retrograde shadow. Uh, that is not saying that you can't do anything right now, that you have to be really careful about signatures. You just have to be more aware. Whatever is happening to us now in the next few weeks, uh, up until the 20th, so we have two more weeks, so 10 more days or so, when the actual retrogrades begin, is a little bit of a preview, like I told you, a teaser of what is to happen to you during your Mercury retrograde. Now, Mercury is going to be retrograde in Taurus. Therefore, the pre-retrograde shadow is in Taurus. Now, Mercury doesn't like to be in Taurus so much. Mercury likes to fly, and suddenly we're adding a lot of weight to him, so he can't really, you know, fight with the 
gravitational forces of Mother Earth. So when Mercury is in Taurus, even in the tarot card, it's the five of uh, uh, discs, which is called worry. It's Mercury in Taurus, worry about not being able to pay the bills, not being able to make enough living. Will I have enough money when I'm older? So all of these very mundane uh, wor- worries are part of this Mercury Taurus, and we're going to have Mercury in Taurus now for quite a while because Mercury is going to go forward, backward, forward, backward in Taurus. So we have to deal with that. Uh, because we have the North Node, the the dragon in Taurus, it actually can really be helpful because the North Node usually reminds us of what we are here to learn. And not only that, the, the North Node represents the school, the Ivy School that we have actually paid for and signed for in order to learn certain things. So right now, Remember, from December of 2021 until July 13, 2023, we are having the North Node in Taurus. So the fact that we have a Mercury in Taurus, Uranus in Taurus, and North Node in Taurus is actually good for us. What it does talk about is working a lot with nature. For example, I didn't even think about it that what I was doing in the last two days is reinstalling my fountain. My fountain made a big mess. I had to change it. I had to break some of the deck to put a lot of uh, rocks around. So I've been working a lot with nature, with uh, Mother Nature at least, with plants, replanting my deck. So that's kind of part of that energy. Or Taurus could be dealing with financial issues. Taurus could be dealing with your body. Taurus could be dealing with nature and everything that has to do with uh, Earth or uh, concepts that relates to Earth. Don't forget that we're going to have, we're going to celebrate Earth Day during the sun transits in Taurus, which is going to start in April 20th. A lot of things are happening in April 20th. It's going to be a pretty significant day. It's still 10 days from now, but we'll talk about it before, definitely. So what's happening today, we have the moon in Scorpio, the edge edge of the moon in Scorpio. It's void, of course, right now. So if you're feeling a little bit off, if you're feeling unheard, uh, if you can't find the eggs, um in your garden, uh, that's totally normal. It's the moon void, of course. She's now not only fallen in Scorpio, but in the next uh, few hours, she's still um, in void, of course, situation. So that's not the easiest energy ever. But still, um, we can work with that. The moon in Scorpio that we have today is all about transformation. It's kind of auspicious that we have it during the time of Easter, where in Easter, as we spoke, as we said before, it is rep- it represents us re-emerging, resurrecting. And Moon in Scorpio is all about death and resurrection. So it's actually a pretty good day, a pretty good moon, let's say, a lunar a position for Easter to represent precisely the process that we're talking about right now. Getting into the cave, or oh, you got into the cave on Friday, so today you can re-emerge. And again, if we talk about uh, Easter and the celebration of Easter, remember Easter is celebrated according to astrological formula. Uh, it's all based on the celebration of barley that was happening in the Near East. Uh, the 20th of March has always been very, very auspicious. It's the equinox in the Northern Hemisphere, the spring equinox. We said it was the first day for the Babylonian, for the Sumerian A lot of other cultures actually celebrate their new year on the first day of Aries as we arise out of the winter, as we come out of that cave, right, of winter. So the idea is that during we celebrate Easter on the first Sunday, obviously, 
after the first full moon, which is Passover, after the spring equinox, which is the celebration of barley and the liberation out of winter. We celebrate the fact that we basically survived winter. You know. So Easter definitely is the peak of this celebration just because it is at that time that uh, we are experiencing the full bloom, in a sense. It's Sunday, which is the day of the sun. Remember, we're celebrating it in Aries when the sun is exalted, meaning that it's the best place for the sun to be. So think about the sun. Every year, it spends 30 days in its favorite sign, which is Aries. And because we have only four Sundays or so, uh, that's important that we celebrate that Sunday, which is where the sun is exalted during Aries. And this year specifically, because once in 12 years we have Jupiter in Aries, the sun is super happy. As you can see, the sun is 19 degrees Aries. Jupiter is 21 degrees Aries. Uh, the sun is going to be touching Jupiter this week. So that's very auspicious. That's very helpful for a world that is being feels like it's being torn apart. So the sun blessing Jupiter or Jupiter blessing the sun, that conjunction that is starting today should be very well aspected in your charts as well. So if you want to know where you're going to have that expansion of Jupiter touching the sun, which is starting today and going to be guided this whole week, look for where you have the middle towards the end of Aries. Uh, so what house you have it. That's the house that will shine the most, where you can shine the most. So again, this week, the most important thing I think this week is definitely the fact that we are having the sun on top of Jupiter. That's really a big deal. Again, this happens once a year, but it's not happening for 12 years when the sun is exalted in Aries. So again, pay attention this week for what kind of gifts, what kind of benevolence, what kind of teaching, what kind of learning, what kind of travel you're planning, because these are all Jupiter on top of the sun. In a way, we are all going to be Sagittarian this week, even though it is related. I mean, the sun is in Aries. Uh, Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius. And whenever the sun is conjuncting a planet, we always say that whatever that planet sign is, it's as if the sun is moving through that sign. So always remember that. Even if you have your sun, for example, right on top of your rising sign, even if your rising sign is Cancer, you're considered to have maybe a Leo quality to your rising sign because the sun is the ruler of Leo and it's on top of your rising sign. If you have Neptune on your rising sign and even if you're a Leo rising sign, well, Neptune is the ruler of Pisces, you might be a Pisces rising as well. So always look for planets that are very close to your rising sign. That planet, whatever sign that rules, you can consider that sign to be your second rising sign. So this week, expansion, opportunities, doors opening, publishing, anything that can be done or be, can connect you to connectors will be very good. And you know what? Actually, it's kind of interesting. I, never, I didn't think about it. Last night, I started sending uh, query letters to agents. That could be part of it. Jupiter has to do with publishing. And by the way, I don't know, to make my life a little bit easier, if you guys know any agents that deal with young adult fantasy I just finished the last edit of uh, my first book. I have three of them and I need uh, help publishing it or at least connecting to the right agent. So if you have any clues, definitely email me. Uh, that would be very helpful. But the sun on top of Jupiter, regardless if you're a writer or whatever it is that you're doing, this is a time of exposure, let's call it like that, of publishing. It doesn't have to be publishing a book. It could be publishing your feelings, publishing your um, ideas, your convictions, uh, putting it into writing, putting it into um, 
into the world because Jupiter is the ruler of mass media. And the idea is not to write just a letter to your lover, but to, to write a letter to your lover and publish it. So all people that have lovers could use that letter as, um, I don't know, some kind of template. So that's what we have this week, this Jupiter on top of the sun. If we look at tomorrow, uh, which is going to be the moon in Sagittarius, this is actually really good because the moon in Sagittarius, we just mentioned, this week is the week of Sagittarius because Jupiter is conjunct the sun. Look at the sun. It's coming very, very close. In Tuesday, it's going to be hitting it. The sun is 20 degrees Aries. Jupiter is 21 degrees Aries. The conjunction will be on Tuesday, but on Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you're going to feel it very strong, especially Monday, Tuesday, because the moon is sending a trine to that, which trine basically means a blessing. The moon is in Sagittarius, which is the ruler of Jupiter, and Jupiter is on top of the sun. And remember, we talked about whenever the sun sits on top of a, of a planet, the sign that rules that sign is that, sun, that star is very, our planet is very connected. So Jupiter is the ruler of Pisces, yes, but it's also the ruler, the full-on ruler of Sagittarius. And when the moon is in Sagittarius, sending beautiful energy even to black moon Lilith, it's almost as if even Lilith is invited in that um, party and she is welcome because there's a beautiful trine between the moon, the black moon, and the sun and Jupiter. So that's actually very good. What does it mean practically tomorrow? A day that you can say, I'm sorry. A day that maybe somebody who was your Lilith might approach you and say, I'm sorry, or try to build a bridge. It's a great time to um, deal with enemies or deal with people that uh, you don't want to deal with. So again, if somebody is reaching out, don't play hard to get. Create a bridge. Jupiter on top of the sun, benevolence, grace, positivity. So Use it uh, as much as you can. The moon in Sagittarius favors everything that has to do with teaching, learning, traveling, connection to foreign cultures and foreign traditions, everything that has to do with uh, the ability to bring people together. Because the moon and the sun, when they're sending, sending such beautiful energy, which is going to happen on April 10 and April 11, is a really good time for uh, joy, for happiness, for fulfillment. You know, that I can get no satisfaction song is being pushed away on Monday and Tuesday. Yes, you can get satisfaction. So Monday, very blessed day. You see all the trines that are happening there. Even the sun, eh, sorry, even Saturn and Mars and uh, the North Node, uh, the South Node that we talked about last week is still going on. That beautiful conjunction. Um and on April 11, that's when the absolute conjunction of the Sun and Jupiter is happening. April 11, 11 is a master number. That's perfect. The moon is sending beautiful energy to Vesta, the goddess of the hearth. Everything that has to do with connection to your home, to your family. Great energy of uh, the moon and the sun, uh, trining with each other. It's a very fiery day, so action, movement is very much uh, a looked i mean could be favored and if we look uh, yeah and there could be a little bit of void of course that day yeah because um the, the, yeah there could be some void of course at tuesday so pay attention if you need to do something very important on tuesday not to do it when the moon is void of course and i told you you can always google your location the date void of course and see if uh, the moon is void of course where you are on Tuesday. So besides that void, of course, it should be a really positive, good uh, time. And if we look on... Oh, wait. I wanted to see what is 21 degrees Aries in the Sabian symbol. 
A gate to a garden of desire. Actually, it's not too bad. It sounds good. The gate to the garden of desire. So um, I like looking at the Sabian symbols. Sometimes they totally don't make sense. Sometimes they make sense retrospectively. When you say, ah, okay, yes, yes, I understand the garden part. Or I understand the desire part. Or I understand the gate part. Or all of the above. But the sun on top of Jupiter is a great time for learning, for teaching, for mass media, mass communication, publishing, adventures, uh, foreign cultures, foreign traditions, even getting along with your in-laws or some kind of bridge building towards them. Uh, maybe that's why uh, the black moon is there. Maybe uh, your mother-in-law is your black moon. Or you are the black moon of some other uh, person. But anyway, there is a lot of bridge building on that day. And as you can see from the chart, there are no opposition. Meaning that most of the problems are in our head. Uh, the moon is still in Sagittarius. Then on Wednesday, April 12, we have the moon moving into Capricorn. The moon is in exile in Capricorn, so it's a little bit heavier. She's also opposite to Mars. There could be some unnecessary anger, um, unnecessary... Um, um, unnecessary resentment, you know, just pay a little bit attention there because could, there could be some wars with family members or uh, women around you. Again, Mars doesn't like to be in Cancer. He's stuck there once a year approximately or once a year and a half and he's probably going to spend there for another few weeks. He's fallen and it's very difficult for Mars to be fallen during Aries, which is supposed to be his time of glory. You know, it's like it's uh, his birthday and he's sick. Oh my God. Yeah, so I think that it's not that easy. And when Mars is in exile, uh, Mars is fallen and the moon is in exile and they're opposite to each other, they're not having the best time. So just pay a little bit of attention. The archetypes we're talking about is aggression, uh, passive aggressiveness. Uh, like sometimes it's also not being able to act according to what you're feeling, being forced to do things that you really don't want to do. And at the same time, the moon in Capricorn is, is basically a lot of fears, a lot of insecurities, a lot of things that we hold in us that um, is a little bit uh, uh, coming from family, coming from our mothers, any kind of trauma. So just pay a little bit more attention that day. That being said, uh, there's uh, that's the only opposition we have basically that day, so it's totally manageable. And the fact that Jupiter is still conjunct uh, the Sun, even though the Sun is uh, fading away from it, it's still working very well for us. So that's good. The next conjunction that is happening at the end of the week or the rest of the week will be Mercury on top of Uranus. That happens about once a year, and it is actually a time of brilliance. So from Thursday onward, you're going to experience it. Now, thir Wednesday, Thursday, a little bit of Friday when the moon is in Capricorn, even though she's in exile, it's a great time to achieve things, to ground yourself, to be uh, connected to discipline, persistence, endurance. Uh, anything that you need a plan for, a strategy for, could be very good on that time. Uh, I'm talking about Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You can get things done. The only thing about April 13, which is a Thursday, is that it's the sun is squaring Jupiter. Sorry, the sun and Jupiter are squaring the moon. This is not the easiest energy. So Thursday might be a little bit uh, intense in that sense because we have this cross. You know, we're talking about crosses. Uh, we are crucified at that day. It's not that bad because it's a Minerva involved in the crucifixion. It's not that she's not a planet, she's an asteroid. And the south node, which is not even a planet or an asteroid, it's a place in the sky. 
But still, there's a feeling of being pushed and pulled in different direction on Thursday. So focus is really important. Yes, you're still feeling that Jupiter on top of the sun, which is really good. And we haven't completely got into the Mercury-Uranus uh, conjunction. That's going to be next week's uh, theme, you can call it. But uh, what we do have on that day is the moon conjuncting Pluto. And that means transformation around home, family, real estate. Um, it could be some instinct about investment. So if you're looking at the day that you might channel more knowledge or more awareness of um, anything to do with investments, what to do your, with your finance, that's Thursday. It's not a bad day for that. And if we look the day after, on Friday, the moon is shifting into Aquarius. She's going to be happier there. So the moon is going to send actually pretty good energy to Jupiter and the sun. But because we have a lot of planets in Taurus, and Taurus is squaring Uranus, uh, Aquarius, there could be some tension, especially between your intellect and your thoughts. Uh, sorry, intellect and your feelings, passion and reason could be a little bit at war with each other. So, uh, But the good news is, that Jupiter on top uh, is sent, uh, sorry Venus is sending a beautiful energy to the moon. That's actually a very good day for women, especially women hanging out with other women. So Friday, the day of Venus is gonna be beautiful because Venus is sending great energy to uh, uh, the sun, to the moon, to Pluto. A lot of really good transformation around relationship and partnership. That's April 14. And the moon in Aquarius just talks about community, people. So on Friday, maybe it's not the best time to do uh, to go on a date one on one, but maybe a dinner party or connecting to a few people and doing something together might actually be uh, better. Then we have April 15, which is tax day, uh, Saturday. It actually happens to be my birthday as well. And I was kind of depressed when I came to LA and found that, that it's tax day. It's very taxing. Uh, maybe I was a tax collector in a past lifetime here. It's kind of interesting because I've noticed a few really interesting things happen to me in dates uh, here in the United States. So first of all, the fact that I was born on tax day. You know, it's a little bit taxing. When I come to tax day, nobody has money to buy me any gifts. So... But I don't need anything, thank God. But still, you know, it's kind of, uh, when were you born? April 15th. Oh, it's tax day. Yes, I know, you know. And the fact that Leonardo da Vinci was born that day did give me a little bit of hope, but still. Then I got my green card on the 17th of March, which is, um, was it my green card? No, that was my citizenship, which is uh, St. Patrick's Day. So I've realized, okay, I must have been here uh, in a past lifetime an Irish person, I mean, that's probably um, came from Ireland, probably in the, what, 19th century, off the ship, hopeful for a new life, and then, oops, sent to the south to fight with uh, um, the southern, against the southern. But anyway, uh, then I got my green card on Yom Kippur, which is uh, the sacred day of uh, uh, the Jews. So I might have been here as an immigrant from some Jewish pogrom in the past. So it's kind of interesting. Whenever you travel or any of you go to a place and you suddenly find out that your birthday is a very auspicious day there or that um, monumental stages in your life correspond to their specific holidays, Day of Independence, whatever, there could be something that you have from past lifetimes. You can even look it up and try to see your birthday if it falls under any Independence Day of a country. And maybe it would be a good idea to look into traveling there and seeing what you feel. Either it's going to be amazing or uh, not that good. So, but it's at least it's some reaction. You know, it's kind of like spiritual tourism, you can call it. But anyway, Saturday, 
April 15, the moon is going to be in Aquarius, power to the people, beautiful trine, a sextile, sorry, to Jupiter and the sun, which is great. A little bit of irritation with Uranus, so unpredictability, uh, be careful of accidents, mishaps. But overall, uh, there are no oppositions still. There are definitely some squares, but no oppositions. So that's actually good. And the moon in Aquarius does talk about innovation, technology. If you need things done before Mercury goes retrograde on April 20th, that will be the time uh, to do it. You know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Just try to use as much as you can, whatever you can do to finish now before April 20th. We'll talk about it in a second. So that's it. Saturday, and I wonder what is the the 25 degrees. Um, yeah, and you know, one thing that could work for you guys to be, you could go online and check for the Sabian symbol uh, generator or calendar uh, because uh, you could put your date of birth, you could put the date where you got married and see what the Sabian symbol is. Um, my birthday Sabian symbol is a man possesses of more gifts than he can hold. Well, I don't know. I guess some people that know me can uh, avout for that if it's true or not. But the idea is that every day of the year, we have a different image. And if you can catch you know, what that image is and interpret it the right way, it gives you a little bit of a... Uh, anchor, an imaginary anchor, maybe something you can use in your meditation or in your guided meditation to kind of understand better the circumstances that you were born into. If it's your birthday, or maybe it's your wedding day or your anniversary, maybe it's the day you opened your business, maybe the day of your uh, birth of your child or your dog or your cat or, or your home. So it's kind of interesting. I like working with the Sabian symbols. Like I said, sometimes they don't make sense or at least not sense that we can make of it. And sometimes they're right, clear, and very blunt. So that's Saturday. And if we look on Sunday, the um, 16th, the moon is moving into Pisces, but she's on top of Saturn. And that's not always the easiest. It's once a month that we have the moon on top of Saturn. The moon in Pisces does talk about a very open energy that has to do with meditation, mysticism, uh, intuition, so that's really good. And like I told you, next week's theme is going to be Mercury on top of Aquarius. Mercury generally is going to be the theme of next week. Of course, the eclipse that's coming up next week and the uh, the solar eclipse. We'll talk about it in a second. And of course, that Mercury conjunct Uranus, which is all about innovation, technology, thinking outside of the box, getting crazy new ideas, uh, being able to channel that um, a uniqueness in you, that originality is coming up uh, next week. So uh, let's see what is uh, going on. Did I, I don't think I, uh, let's see. Yeah, one of the things, I think we talked about it last week, which is interesting. I saw this uh, a, uh, this uh, article about how Finland clears last hurdle uh, to join NATO. NATO, reshaping balance of power. And in 2000, in the book of astrology of 2023, we did talk about how Finland and Sweden decided to join the EU while Saturn was in Pisces. And now Saturn returns and they're trying to join NATO. Again, uh, the whole idea is that these two countries are seafaring nations. 
And it's interesting that whenever Saturn moved into Pisces, something happened to them with their community. So that's why I wanted you to see that we all have this Saturn return happening all the time, even if it is happening in nations or to cultures or to companies. Now, one of the most important things that's happening to us next week is the change that is coming. What does that mean? We're having quite a lot of things happening this week. First of all, Mercury is going to start retrograding from April 20th all the way up until May 15th. So right only after May 16th can you start signing documents, do things. Yes, you're going to have the pre, uh, the post-retrograde shadow, but still... Uh, I would recommend holding on on big projects April 20th to May 15th. Not only because it's Mercury retrograde, but also because it's eclipse season. So we have one eclipse, which is a solar eclipse in zero, zero degrees Taurus on uh, April 20th. And then we have the lunar eclipse on May 5th, which is, again, lunar eclipse means that the moon is in Scorpio and the sun is in Taurus. If you remember, the full moon in May is considered to be the day when the Buddha died, uh, was born, and achieved enlightenment. We'll talk about it much more before. And it is one of the most important full moons. We have a full moon that is really important on uh, Passover, which is the full moon in Libra. We have the full moon after, which is the lunar eclipse, which is really important in uh, Scorpio. And then we have also one of the most important full moons is the full moon in Pisces, which represents the harvest full moon. These are extremely powerful full moons that were dressed again, each by its own religion, um, to give it a meaning or to give ritual to it. So first of all, April 20th is very, very interesting. We're moving from Aries to Taurus. That's why it's zero, zero degrees Taurus. And remember, we talked here last week that zero, zero, 15 degrees and 29, 30 are really, really important degrees. If you have any planets, 29, you don't want to have any 30, sorry, 29 degrees. It means at the cusp of the end of the sign. Or if it's zero, 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 zero is kind of like, you know how they work with, um, uh, Homoapathic, homopathic, um, um, they put just a little bit, but it's very, very, very strong. That's the same thing about zero, zero degrees in astrology. It's kind of like the pure energy of the force. It's like when you're coming into a new country and you're going into an airport and the airport is well designed, it's supposed to show you the essence of the country. You're not yet completely in the country. You didn't even, custom, you didn't even uh, go through customs yet and maybe they'll kick you out. It doesn't matter. But the airport itself represents the smell, the climate, the food, that is uh, about that relates to that country. So when you land zero zero degrees in a sign, you're landing in the airport or the port uh, or the train station of that country uh, of that sign. Sorry. So the fact that we have an eclipse which always quicken things and make it much more intense in zero zero degrees Aries, it's a big deal. On top of everything, that's the day when Mercury goes stationary before retrograding. Again. Mercury stationary, April 20th, April 21. Really be careful not to do anything around that time. Definitely, because now I'm telling you ahead so you can plan. Uh, definitely, it is the time where Mercury is absolutely stuck. You can talk to the walls, basically. It will be even more efficient. Uh, April 22, 23, until May 13, we're going to have a Mercury retrograde. It's still not the best, but at least it's moving, even if it's moving backward. Then May 14 and uh 15 will have the, again, stationary. So 
sun is moving to a different energy completely. There's going to be an eclipse and it's going to be the beginning of Mercury retrograde. So there's definitely a lot of tension there. Then we have another solar eclipse happening. Sorry, then we have a lunar eclipse happening also in May 5th. So eclipse seasons quicken things. So whatever you're starting to put now into, um, into action is going to take itself to the next level during the eclipse because the eclipses are happening during Mercury retrograde. I would suggest right now to give the big push to whatever it is that you want to achieve before and not wait until April 20th. So now you can actually give a big push so that the wave will come and take it away with uh, and push it forward in uh, April 20th and then again in May 5. Between April 20th to May 5, it is a tricky time because of the, uh, again, the connection to um, uh, the eclipses. It's just that people are acting out of character, crazy. Uh, people are being pushed to their limits. It's not the easiest. So... That's why I would say be a little bit uh, more careful. And today, it's not only the day of uh, East, uh, not only the day of Jesus and, and Christ. I mean, it's the same. But it's also the day of the Germanic goddess Eostre or Ostaris or Oestre or Easter. I mean, uh, Oester. It's the goddess of dawn. And it's kind of interesting that dawn is played into this period of time because Aries is all about rising, right? And the story of Easter is a person coming into a cave. He's dead and he's a guy. And when three days after he emerges out of that cave, he is a god, right? Same thing is the same story, basically. But the feminine aspect of it, Oestre, will be, okay, there was a night and the night felt like a cave. It's cold. It's dumb. It's feminine. It's, it's deep. It's inside. And then what is happening in dawn? We are coming out of the cave. We're coming out of our blankets. We're coming out of our bedrooms. We have coming out of dream times and living life. So Easter is a celebration of the dawn of time, of the goddess of dawn. So that's why these are very linked. And that's why the Easter could become, a, or Esther can become Easter. The goddess can become a god. The dawn or the night to dawn could become a cave into the light. So you can see that it's almost as if uh, the, the, the story of Easter is some kind of an upgrade or something that's built on top of a story that happened before. And again, it's interesting to note that Aries is the time, the time of the day that Aries is associated with is dawn. And the opposite, of course, Libra, will be sunset. That's how it works. So uh, that's why, for example, when you are uh, born, let's say, you're in Aries and you're born at dawn, you'll be Aries, Aries, because whatever is happening at dawn is your rising sign. That's why we call it the rising sign. It's what you rose with, your ascendant. That's how you ascended into life. Um, so let's see if there are any questions that um, I could possibly answer. If you have any questions in um, a, the live Instagram, definitely send so if you if the day after the new moon is usually the best to be, to do a blood work urine test is it uh, not because I mean let's say this I would say that it's better to do uh, the blood test and all that before a Mercury retrograde because I don't want it to that uh, that they put the wrong label on your blood and suddenly you have diseases you never had before because it's not your blood or that they forgot where your blood is or whatever so. I would say that with blood tests or anything that has to do with working with uh, uh, that, uh, anything that needs precision, to do it before April 20th. 
What if the natal moon is zero degrees in Aquarius conjunct Pluto? Yeah, we have it this week. I mean, the moon is going to be conjunct uh, Aquarius uh, Pluto, zero, zero uh, Pluto. So basically what is happening to you specifically is that there is a big transformation in connection to your home and family. Um, other questions? Yeah, anything from uh, Instagram. And also, you guys, I'm going, I'm going to be in uh, New York, April 29th. To May 7, I'm going to be in Brooklyn again, the same place I was last time for those of you goes, goes, those of you who got to see me. So if you know anybody who's interested in a, in person, yeah, we still do that in uh, New York. Just have them email me. And also, if you are in New York and you feel adventurous and want to travel up to um, Woodstock, I'm going to do an interesting workshop with Laura Day. You have that information over there. It's going to be about astrology and intuition. So definitely join us. Uh, I love that area, upstate New York and Woodstock. It's uh, a very familiar place. So I wish you guys um, super what, legal paperwork to send this week. Yeah, it's great to send this week. Do everything you can, legal work, not legal work, criminal work, whatever you're into, do it this week. At least you won't be caught. <laughs> now I'm, I'm starting to project stuff. Uh, it's okay. We're not uh, planning any bank... Um, uh, robberies at least not this next two weeks when i'm feeling like this so um have an amazing easter uh, say hello to the bunnies and to the eggs and um to the goddess of dawn and emerge out of your cave become a god and uh, connect to your higher self and again thanks a lot for bearing with my nose nasal voice and inshallah, next week, everything will be great. Have a good Ramadan. Ramadan. Have a great Easter. Have a great uh, remaining of Passover. I think you have a few more days. Yeah, I think Monday. So thanks a lot. And I'll see you around, hopefully, either in LA or New York, and then in the summer in Europe.